Good morning and welcome to worship at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor. It's such a joy to be with you all today. Here at Kern Church, we're committed to creating belonging and hope by connecting you to a life renewed by Jesus and deeply committed to other people. My hope for you today is that you feel that sense of connection, you feel that sense of belonging with Jesus and with someone else. Let me say a word of prayer this morning. God, thank you so much for the beauty, the hustle and bustle, the craziness of this holiday season. I pray that your spirit is blessed as we worship you this day. Amen. And it reminds me of, of when I was a kid and um, I was, uh, had the opportunity or was forced to have the opportunity um, to do these types of things. And uh, the, uh, well, I wasn't very helpful, I don't think, to my choir directors at the time. Um, so hopefully our, our, our young ones today are, are better than I was. Um, if not, they might end up being preachers, and we don't, you know, we don't need more preachers in this world. But it, it is, I'm thinking, thankful, so thankful for, for what they've done. You know, when I was, when I was a kid, it, I, I always was looking forward to Christmas, as I know so many of our, our young, people, young people are today. I remember a time when I was in the second grade, and I had one thing on my wish list. Evidently, I was not too ambitious at this age. I had a, a box of crayons on my wish list. Um, and now this wasn't any box of crayons. This was a 96-count box of crayons that came in this hard-molded plastic case that had a spot for each individual crayon. And it wasn't just a case where you like threw the crayons in. It was a briefcase that had a, that had a nice handle. And if you were you know, really ambitious, you could take the, the, the top, the front, and then fold it behind so it made like an L stand so they could all stand up and see. And there was a sharp sharpener. The, the, the joys of a crayon sharpener cannot be underestimated. This was a high-class pencil or a c crayon case, and I thought, you know, maybe I could find one to bring to worship to show you how amazing this was. So I, I looked it up online and I was trying to see. They don't make anything like this anymore. I was looking it up online. Evidently, it's vintage now, and somebody's trying to sell one online for $125. Um, so if you want a high-class uh, crayon case, you can go online and find one for $125. I'm sure it's a great, a great bargain. But as Christmas morning, uh, and in my little second grade mind, when Christmas morning happened, I was so excited when I found this, found this, um, uh, found this, this, this crayon case underneath the Christmas tree, but something happened in, in that second grade Christmas that convinced me that Santa Claus must be real. And, and I, I knew that, that because the next present that I unwrapped was something that I knew my parents would never buy me. It, it was a, a television. And that was like a big deal at the time to have your own television. And so it was, for, for our young people, it was like 10-inch television that, um, you know, probably weighed 50 pounds, but it was this big. And I had my own television in the second grade, and I was really high class at that point. Um, but I, it convinced me, I knew that my mom and dad would have never have bought me a television. Television. So it convinced me that Santa Claus is real. So keep that in mind for all of our, our young people here this morning. Um, you know, making that perfect wish list as a child is so important. I, 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 it's so important because you have this, this one time a year. Maybe birthdays, you get some presents. Um, some people uh, have presents at Easter. Uh, I've never been a fan of that. I'm a curmudgeon. And so uh, any, any time to cancel presents, I'm all for. But, but Christmas is always like this, this big deal of, 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 of gifts and such. And so 
making a wish list is important for a, for a, for a young person, a young child. And, and they take a, often will times will take a lot of, of details in writing their wish and, and thinking it over. And, and, you know, is this, because you don't want to be greedy and ask for too much because it's, it, you, you might be disappointed or, or somebody might get offended. But you also want to be able to make the best out of your list and not waste anything that's on this list because somebody might listen and get you something that you don't want. So there's a lot of there's a, a lot of, uh, of, 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 of stress that can go into this, of, of digging through catalogs. Amazon sends catalogs now of toys. I thought catalogs were a thing of the past, but my kids, thank you, Jeff Bezos, got a, a catalog this year full of opportunities for Christmas gifts. And, and I, I, um, so your, your, your kids, your grandkids are getting those, and so you're, you're welcome for whoever set that up. But as an adult, you know, I realize that my wish list this year, as Christmas wish list, looks a lot different than it did when I was a child. A lot different than it did. My, my daughter asked me what I wanted for Christmas, and I had a hard time being able to answer that question. I mean, yes, there are some things that I would like, and probably some things that I'm not going to buy myself that um, you know, I, I might enjoy having, or I think I might enjoy having. But more so than not, my wish list these days it is made up of, of different people of people that I hope to be and spend the holidays with. My wish list is about hoping that, that my kids have a, a blessed Christmas this year. And my wish list is, is also made up of people that I'm trying to find that perfect gift for. So not so much me having the perfect gift for myself, but, but me trying to think about what might be a perfect gift for somebody else. And there's a lot of stress that can go into that of, you know, what does, what does this person want? What does, what does your brother want? What does what the, the, the in-laws want? What, what do these people, what would make them, make them happy, make them feel special at Christmas? Because I think that's sometimes what it's about. You know, maybe this is something that, that you understand as well. Maybe you've already finished your Christmas shopping and, and, and you've got everything nice and, and tucked in the, the, the closet or nice and tucked in underneath, wrapped underneath the tree. If you have a, a, a one-year-old that, that climbs and digs, you don't have everything wrapped underneath the tree. I know that from experience. Um, personal experience right now, so that's that. Um, you also don't have ornaments on your Christmas tree, or at least um, I don't, because they get pulled off and uh, broken and eaten. Uh, and so um, that's, yeah. Uh, that was many years ago. No, no ornaments have been consumed this year that I know of. Uh, but we learn, you learn your lesson. And so, the, the, but what happens, you see, is that there's a lot of stress. Whether you're a child trying to have that perfect Christmas wish list, or whether you're an adult trying to find that perfect gift for someone else, it is a lot of stress. It can be very difficult during the holidays. You know, maybe they won't like that gift that you bought, or maybe that sweater won't be the, the right size, or maybe you did really well and found the perfect gift, but everybody knew it was the perfect gift, and, and they got three or four of them that one year. And, and, and so they're going to have to take something back. The hunt, for, the hunt for that perfect gift can be hard. And that's before you even talk about the financial stress that so many are dealing with around the holidays, and so many are dealing with especially this year, because people want to find that perfect gift for someone that they care for. And oftentimes what this means is that families go into debt to afford to have Christmas gifts for their families. And let me encourage you, 
don't do this. I mean, there are so many different ways to, to experience Christmas, and, 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 and if you can help it, don't go into debt to have Christmas gifts. There's other reasons that, that, that you might be stretched this holidays, but, 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 but really think about this, because what happens is, is that when you go into debt for your holiday and Christmas gifts, it's so hard to climb out of this. I recently read that about a quarter of all Americans are still paying off holiday debt from their shopping last year, and so that, that means that, that, that as, especially as interest rates have gone up, that makes that so much more difficult to, to, for families, and, and if you're in that, in that period of, of time right now, I just want to, to, you to know that there's people that care for you, and there's help that, that, that could be available as well. Uh, but I also know that it's not just that, about a third of, about a third of Americans are, are, are probably going to go into debt this year to, to pay for Christmas gifts, and, and that's a really difficult thing. You know, those things combined together probably relate to this other statistic, and this is the last one I'll share with you, but um, about 50%, half of all Americans, half of all Americans are dreading the holiday season, just dreading it. And maybe you've been there too. Maybe you're there this year. There's some going to dread and walk, knock over here. But maybe you, you, you're there too. And maybe it has nothing to do with finances, but maybe you're dreading it because you know that there's going to be somebody missing around your dinner table. Maybe you're dreading it because you, 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 there's a certain malaise that happens because you lost your mom around Christmas time or your spouse around Christmas time. And so it's really a difficult time. But, but 50%, half of all Americans are dreading Christmas this time of year. And, and surely there's a lot that goes into that, but surely the, the financial stress and the debt that many Americans will, will incur this time of year has something to do with this dread. You know, if I'm honest, it really is kind of like this cultural pressure, I think, that drives people to search out that perfect gift, to, to have that, that perfect Christmas. You, you see it in the advertising all around you these days, and I don't even know, these are the advertisements around the holidays that stick out to me. We know that, that every kiss begins with uh, jewelry. Uh, right? Every kiss begins with joy. Every kiss begins with K. And that's a, I don't know if that's still a commercial or not, but it's one that's deeply ingrained, and there's snow alighting on the ground through it. And you also know that December is a season to remember because you're going to have a luxury car outside your front door. I mean, I can't imagine waking up and having my spouse purchase a, a $90,000 car sitting outside without consulting me. It makes it better if there's a red bow on top, of course, a giant red bow. You know, these are the things that, that that tell you that, yes, this is what it makes to have, have a good holiday, to, to be, to be the, the kind of thing that you want. To have the perfect holiday is to find the perfect gift. And all of this comes from the commercial advertising that tries to tell you what it takes to, to have a perfect Christmas, to have a perfect holiday. And we've already seen this, this cultural pressure to, to find that perfect gift. It leads to exhaustion. It leads to stress. And for many, for many, it leads to death that can stick around for quite some time. This time of year, though, this time of year, though, there's another message as well. There's another message that I think that, that speaks in a, in a deeper way that I hope is a, is a message of hope for you, a message of peace. And this other message is the kind of message that speaks of a different kind of gift, a different perfect gift, a gift that comes from God. And to bring this message to you, I want to read to you something that, that Mark wrote. And Mark is this guy who was a close follower of Jesus, and, and he spent so much time in his life with Jesus and, and really being blessed by Jesus, seeing Jesus heal people and lead people and, and provide new life to people, that Mark then went and wrote it down. 
He, he went and wrote it down in this book that we, he named after himself, or later the church named after him, called Mark. And, and, and it's the stories that tell stories about the life and ministry of Jesus, and it's powerful. If you've never read any part of the Bible, I want to suggest to you that the book of Mark is a really great place to start, because the book of Mark doesn't have a lot of flowery language. It just it gets... gets gets to business and tells the story, and then it's over. Like, it, 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 is, it is here, this happened, next this happened, next this happened. It's quick, succinct, tell you a lot about the life and ministry of Jesus. If you've never read the Bible, the book of Mark is a really great place to, to really learn about who Jesus was. But anyways, so, so Mark is writing all this stuff down about Jesus, and the very first thing that Mark writes about Jesus is he tells a story about not Jesus, but a guy who came before Jesus, a guy by the name of John. And that's what I want to read to you today from the very beginning of what Mark writes about Jesus. From Mark, excuse me, from Mark chapter 1, the very beginning of his writings about Jesus, Mark is about to tell us about this guy named John. So if you've got a Bible with you and you want to follow along, I'm looking at Mark chapter 1 where we read this. The beginning of the good news about Jesus Christ, God's Son, happened just as it was written about in the prophecy of Isaiah. Look, I'm sending my messenger before you. He will prepare your way. A voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make his path straight. So this is Mark talking about and, and, and starting to describe somebody who's going to prepare the way for the Lord. This guy by the name of John. From this, we learn that John is being sent as a messenger before Jesus. He's being sent as a messenger to help people get ready to see the Lord. And, and in a world before TV advertising, think of John as the commercial. John as the advertiser. He is standing outside and standing in the wilderness, preaching and sharing to people how things are going to change when Jesus gets here. He's trying to build up a, a market, a, 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 something in people's hearts and lives that they need something more in their lives and, and to get them ready to receive Jesus. John is kind of Jesus's commercial. He's going out there to telling people about Jesus. And so what Mark will tell us next is, is what, who John was and, and what he did. And this happens down in verse 4. John the Baptist was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey, and he announced, One stronger than I am is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and to loosen the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So John, John goes out and starts to get people ready for Jesus, to, to get them ready for Jesus. And, and, and you read that everyone in the city and everyone in the countryside, they, they just flock out to see John. They, they get out of their homes, they get out of the places where they live, and they go out to where John is in the wilderness to, to check him out. This is what every person that has a car lot wants to happen. They, they, they want you to come check them out because it, it, they've got the best sale Ever, or at least are not going to charge you too much over uh, MSRP if you look at the past couple years. But, um, you know, any, anyways, they, they, they want you to come out to come see what's happening. And so John, the word gets around for people to go see John. And so people are flocking out to go see John. 
And, and, and maybe it's because he wore camel's hair and ate like insects and stuff. I don't know. But they go out and see John. And once John has their attention, once John has their attention, he says, something, someone is coming after me. I'm not here for the show. I'm not the show. I'm just here to get you ready, to get you ready for who's coming next. And, and the one who's coming next is going to be the perfect gift. He, he says the perfect gift is coming, and the perfect gift will be Jesus who will baptize you with the Holy, Holy Spirit. The one that John is talking about is Jesus. And Jesus is God's perfect gift. And God, John says he's coming He's coming. It's almost as if God is saying through John, forget finding the perfect gift. Instead, receive the perfect gift, which is Jesus. Forget finding the perfect gift. Instead, receive Jesus, who is God's perfect gift. God's perfect gift. So in light of this, in light of all this, I, 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 I see Jesus coming, and it's a powerful thing. It's something that is new. And Jesus, of course, is one who was, who was born as a baby in, in Bethlehem. One who was born as a baby in a, in a, in a nondescript way, in a, in a stable, in, in a place that was, that was meant for animals to, to lay down and rest at night. That's where Jesus was born. And, and it's, almost, it's almost as if, as, if as, we, as Christians come together to worship Jesus that it's easy just to think of Jesus being born in a stable, and that's kind of the end of the story. But before Jesus was born, there were people that were talking about him, and people that were sharing about him and said, yeah, there's going to be one coming, he's going to be born as a baby, but that's not the end of the story. And that's really important in what John is trying to say here, at announcing the coming of Jesus, that, that yeah, he'll be born, but it's more than that. Another one, a guy by the name of Isaiah once wrote that authority will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. You know, at Christmas, it's so easy to think about the baby Jesus. And, and that's a blessed thing because people love babies, um, except when they don't let them sleep at night. And, and um, people love to, to look at the smiling and the cooing of, of babies. But Jesus didn't stay a baby. He grew in authority, as, as Isaiah told us. He grew in authority. He, he came to be one who would, who would heal those who were sick. He came to be one who would, who would preach good news to those who were held in captivity. Jesus came to be one to show people what it meant to live a life that was not devoted to sin and death. Jesus came to help free people from the demons that entrapped them, whether they're literal demons or demons of, of substance misuse. Jesus came offering a different way of living and a different way of hope. And, and yes, he was born as a baby, but he didn't stay as a baby. He became this wonderful counselor, this prince of peace, this almighty God who would offer hope to all the world and still offers hope this day. And he came in a way that brought death back to life. He came in a way that would change the world forever and continues to change the world for those that call upon the name of Jesus. This is the type of God that, that came through in the birth of Jesus. And at this time of year, I want you to know that, that as you struggle to find this perfect gift, as you struggle to find the, the perfect gift or to create the perfect holiday, you have an invitation to live differently. You have an invitation to live differently, to forget finding the perfect gift and instead receive Jesus who is the perfect gift. So in light of this, how are you supposed to do that? What are some things that, that you and I can do to help get our hearts ready to receive the gift of Jesus and forget finding that perfect gift? I want to invite you first just to examine yourself. 
to examine yourself and your own motives and, and your own holiday planning. You know, what is it in your life right now that might be keeping you from, from experiencing the gift of Jesus? What is it that, that, that is in your own holiday planning and your own work that might be working against you experiencing the love of Jesus? I invite you to reflect on your, your own Christmas practices, your own things and own holiday planning, and, and just ask yourself, how might the pursuit of finding the perfect gift or trying to have the perfect holiday be keeping you from, from receiving the true gift of the season? And then I want to invite you to take a next step and, and think about how you can simplify your celebration this year. Just to simplify your celebration. You don't have to be a part of the 50% of Americans who are dreading the holidays. I mean, it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. So think about what can you do in your own family and model for your own, own children, own grandchildren, and, 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 and um, even, even perhaps your friends, Right? about living in the holidays in a different way? How, how can you be a part of simplifying so that you're not one of the third of Americans who will experience difficult death this time of year? You're not part of the people, the, the half of us who are going to be dreading the holidays. Instead of focusing on, on what you dread or instead of focusing on finding that perfect gift, instead plan with your family how you can create space to receive God's gift to receive God's gift in, in, in Jesus, to receive it in your family, in your life, in a powerful way? How can you create space in your heart and in your family's table, in your family's life, to reflect on the gift that you have in Jesus? And then since Christmas really is a season about giving, I want to invite you to reflect on how you can share this gift with other people. And, and that, that can be a difficult thing, I know, because so many are, are wrapped up in trying to find that perfect gift. Perhaps you've been there too. But I want to invite you to consider how can you, how can you be one who, who shares the gift of Jesus with someone else? John came preaching about Jesus, trying to get people ready to receive Jesus, trying to get people ready to receive the perfect gift from God who is Jesus. So I invite you, what can you do perhaps this year to share the good news of God's gift in Jesus with someone else? And I want to suggest to you that if you're lost for that, that there's a really easy thing you can do. is You can invite somebody to worship with you on Christmas Eve. We have these red finding perfect gift at Christmas cards. These are our, our, our invite cards here at Christmas. And, and on the back, it, it talks about the different holiday or the different um, worship celebrations that we're going to have on Christmas Eve. And I'm really excited about the, the ways that you can invite people to experience Christmas with you uh, this, this Christmas. You see, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year, and so our, our worship schedule is changing a bit. And, and we're going to have a, a service, at, uh, one service at 10 o'clock in the morning, but it's going to be different. It's going to be full of different songs and different stories and, and, and different ways of celebrating the Christmas story. And so you can invite somebody to join you for that. And then at 11 o'clock, we're going to have a, have a brunch together. And I'm excited about this because I'm making a smoked and pulled holiday ham. And now I'm committing myself to doing that. Uh, so you're welcome. But um, last night in the storm, I had to go unplug my smoker to make sure that it didn't get fried if we got struck by lightning. These are the things... Hope was thinking about the kids. I was thinking about my smoker that was still plugged in. So, uh, just a new crayon box. 
It's just a new crayon box, a more expensive and new crayon box. Yes, it is a new crayon. Thank you. Um, but, you know, you know like this is, this, it's an opportunity for us to share around tables and a great place for you to invite somebody to join with you. And then at 8 o'clock on Christmas Eve in the evening, we're going to have a traditional candle lighting service. And it's always such a moving service for me as, as I get to light candles with our congregation and, and sing, uh, sing the song Silent Night and just experience the coming of Jesus into our community, into our lives. So that's one thing you can do is you can just invite somebody to worship with you on Christmas Eve. And maybe, maybe that looks different this year than it has in years past. And maybe that's a good thing. So friends, I, I want to, to just invite you to think about the impact that we can have. Think about the impact the church can have that Christians, followers of Jesus could have if we set aside, forget finding the, the perfect gift. If we just forget finding the perfect gift and instead receive Jesus who is God's perfect gift. Think about the impact that people of faith could have. The impact nationwide as, as, as instead of trying to dread the holidays with the half of other Americans, but if people of faith just said, you know what, this isn't a time to dread. This is a time to receive the hope of Jesus and to share it with other people. Think about the joy that you could find in your own heart in the life of our faith community as we shared that with our neighbors and our friends. And if we did that, I believe that it would have impacts just this year, but also into to next year, because it might mean that, that there's fewer people who, who next time, next year at Christmas, are still paying off debt from the previous year because the people of God have responded in faith to the gift that they receive in Jesus. No, this is the power that is possible when people of faith come together. This is the power that's possible, especially when people of faith come together to receive the gift of Jesus, to receive God's gift to, to all of humanity. And so right now, the world is racing to find that perfect gift. The world is racing to find that perfect holiday, and, and maybe you are too. But I want you to know that God offers another way. God offers another way a way past the stress, a way past the pressure of, of finding that perfect gift, of even stressing out about having that perfect holiday. So I ask you, will you, will you forget finding that perfect gift and instead receive God's perfect gift in Jesus this holiday? Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much that you offer a way beyond the stress and the worry of the world that you offer a way of experiencing your holiday, the experiencing the, the joy of Christmas that's different. So I, I pray that each one who hears these words, that their hearts will be open to receiving your perfect gift in Jesus and not to trying to, to plan it ourselves and trying to figure out everything ourselves, but instead just receiving, just receiving you, O oh God, and what you have for each one. I offer this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, my hope for you this day is that you open your heart to receive that gift of God, finding, finding the perfect gift, receiving the perfect gift that is Jesus. So go with the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.